will be reading from Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, for, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Tanil. We gave you a short passage, but a powerful passage. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Glad that you're here this morning. We're full right to the back. We're in fall mode. Isn't it great? I just was noticing the beautiful flowers, the fall flowers here in front. If you can't see them way back, you'll have to come up afterwards and take a peek. They're wonderful. And life is good. We finally beat those stampeders last night, eh? A little cheer for that, Eskimos? Wow. My, my wife thinks I get a little intense when I watch those games, and, uh, but I notice that she gets pretty intense too. This, that was a, a nail-biter, but uh, job well done. Uh, by the way, just a little announcement. Somebody said to me today, and I had forgotten, we are in this building today, six years, six years today. So awesome. Let's give TCC a big hand. Well, we're thankful for our pastors who are uh, tag-teaming this message. This has kind of been exciting to plan it out and to... to uh, 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 walk it out together. Re, uh, it's refreshing uh, when we reword things, when we rethink how we might say it in a different way. Phrases like, joining God in His work. Instead of, well, God bless us now that we've prayed this, but seeing what God is doing and joining God in His work. It's a recognition that God has been at work at TCC long before we were ever aware of his working, right? Who can know the heart of God and how he begins to put the pieces together uh, for our future? Glimpses of God at work appeared before this uh, ministry officially launched. It started with 11 people who saw a vision, who were excited by a challenge that we could tackle this together, and who were willing to say, count me in. And we were uh, part of his plan long before that was even launched here uh, 15, 18 years ago. Now we begin to join him and uh, to see what God is doing. It became apparent that God uh, was going ahead of us when he opened doors for uh, a place for us to meet. And he provided a core team of people who immediately picked up their posts and said, uh, we're all in. And they served with joy. And they served with great encouragement. Sorry, guys, for forgetting to uh, dismiss you, but they're on their way to class. Joining God in His work, to see God opening doors in our community. And thank you, Norb, for saying we had 745 hot dogs. Actually, the number is 746 because I had a hot dog, a wiener without a bun, because that's all that was left. Uh, but we've tried to listen to God, uh, albeit very imperfectly. We've attempted to become part of the community 
and to be a partner with our community, to be a resource, especially a spiritual resource. And, you know, we have no idea uh, of how the ripples go out, but we constantly say, God, you lead us and you help us to join you where you are working. God was working to orchestrate our presence right here in the middle of uh, Twilliger Town. Uh, we were worried at times that God was slow in hearing our prayers and responding. But now, instead, as we look back, we, we, we realize that he was way ahead of us, that he was preparing and he was opening doors uh, before us to make it easier for us in so many ways. And here we are today, September the 9th, 2018, ready to launch another fall ministry. Uh, we've done it 15 times before, and this year, uh, I think we're just even more aware of how important it is to join God where he is working. The debt on the building has been reduced to uh, 380000 There's a sense that we might be able to pay this off at Christmas time or early into the new year. It's, it's awesome. We could have never imagined the swift response uh, that in six years that this building would be paid for. But that's the heart of God, too, that we wouldn't live uh, with a huge debt, that, but we would be free to do the work that God has called us to, to do using this building as a home base. 2,000 years ago, Jesus joined his Father's work on earth. And he came among us to serve a broken world. But what he did was listen to his Father. He said, I only do what my Father says. Wow, that's awesome. I only do what my Father says. And at the conclusion of his ministry, he told us how we could join him in doing the work of God here on this earth. We call it the Great Commission, the passage that Tennille read for us this morning. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I mean, just, just reading it again with fresh perspective is so energizing because it's an invitation to join God where he's working on this planet. And, the, and when we crafted our mission statement, we were very mindful of these words from the Great Commission. Uh, we, first of all, are invited into his presence. That's... Uh, to have a personal relationship with God. Isn't that awesome that we can have a personal relationship with the creator of this world? And uh, we call it to know Jesus. We have the privilege of knowing Jesus. Secondly, we're invited uh, into a journey with God through Jesus Christ, and he moves us along day by day with him, and we share our hearts with him, and he communicates his, his care for us, and we get to listen to him day by day by day, and ask him for wisdom. So it's not only to be hearers of the word, but also to be doers of the word. And so we call that to walk with Jesus, to walk with Jesus. And then we're honored to be with him in the work that he is still wanting to do on this earth. He's still working, and he calls us to work alongside of him. And we join him in mission, and the Holy Spirit guides us 
He's, he goes before us, and we try to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and we listen to him, and uh, he calls us to go and make disciples of all nations. And we call that to share Jesus. So our mission statement is this. Our mission is to know Jesus, to walk with Jesus, and to share Jesus. How does our mission statement tie into the Great Commission? Well, you're going to see it illustrated now uh, by our pastors, Pastor Quinn and Norb and Adam. And there are three words that are going to jump out at you. First of all, teaching. Second, baptizing. And third, going. Teaching, baptizing, and going. And so those are the guiding words for us, uh, who, uh, who we are and where we're headed. So I'm going to invite Pastor Quinn to come and start us off. Loved, sorry, I've always loved this passage. This passage about the Great Commission. And, and my part in particular is going to be teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and, and to go. And I, and I love this part of the scripture. It's honestly one of the most empowering and encouraging. Before we get to our part, which is what our first part of who we are as TCC is, we need to realize what this passage represents. It is in this passage that the writer Matthew is asserting that Jesus is granted universal lordship upon his resurrection and how he is empowering us under his lordship. Further, it is a passage of worship and adoration of how powerful our God is. He has defeated sin and death and upon his resurrection he is challenging us to live with him as heirs of that victory. This passage is also the completion of Jesus' mission here on earth. And yet, it's us joining Jesus on that mission because he is passing it on to us as heirs of his kingdom, you and me and all who would choose to follow the true Messiah. You see, to follow Jesus, you need to know and experience his love. I mean, that's how we all come to faith. It's through experiencing his love and his goodness. Whether through other people or, or through our own way in a manner of speaking, be it reading his word, praying, or whatever Jesus chooses to reveal himself to you. I think that's amazing that Jesus is willing to reveal himself to us all in such an amazing way, in a personal way that will speak to the very heart of who we are and how we need the love of our Savior. I believe in my life that I've seen that most commonly played out through the way people go and tell people about Jesus through being Jesus' hands and feet into the world. Or even you could say it in a different way of us fulfilling the Great Commission and going about our life with intentional intentionality, making disciples of people. Which makes sense. I, I mean, that's what Jesus is calling us to do. So of course he's going to use that in great ways. And, and honestly, this is why it's so important for us as we go about our life to live this commission out in it. That we, as we go and do our life, we do it with intentionality. We do it to live on purpose and direction because we have a mission here on earth as Christians. 
And it's the one that Jesus has commissioned us with. And it's as simple, honestly, as loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor. It's not hard to love someone that you deeply care about. It's hard to love someone you don't know, but it's, it's not hard at all to love someone that you know. And we are called to love God and to love our neighbors, and our neighbor being whoever we come in contact with. It's simple. I, I, I know it's so simple because we can love people so easily. But at the same time, it's a commitment to be living this way. Because if we want to live this way, we need to be connected with God, whose mission we're living out. This means to, we need to do it, and, and, and we need to do it as we do with any relationship. We need to actually commit in that relationship. Because if we care about a relationship, we're going to do that. We're going to do what we need to do to make that relationship work. And so we need to spend time with that person if we want to make that relationship work. We need to love that person, not only with our actions, but with our heart and our mind. We need to go out of our way to let that person know that we are thinking and caring about them. And it is the very same way about our relationship with God. This is why we spend time here on a Sunday morning and why it's so crucial. Because we come together to worship our God who is so worthy of it all. This is why we read our Bible, why we pray to God, why we listen to him in our prayer time as well. And why we go out living our life as a Christian. It matters so much. And why we live it out is how we live it out because it's important to let other people know that what we believe, the relationship that we have actually matters. And we show that through living it out, through going into the world and making disciples of all nations. I want to briefly talk about what making, disciple, making disciples is all about and how to actually teach people. Because really, when we're teaching people about Jesus, it's about that making disciples. It's about actually telling them about who God is and demonstrating that through our life. And I think it's easier to say and, and I think it's easier to talk about but not to really do. And, and so I want to talk about how we do that and what is a disciple actually. A disciple is a person who is committed to following Jesus, even to the point of being willing to lay down their life. And that's a radical statement, and I, and I struggle with it sometimes, until I hear what the heart of it is actually saying. It's what is spoken about in Philippians 1 verse 21. Paul is writing here, and he says, For to me, living means for Christ, and dying is even better. Paul, who is the writer here, is saying that my life is full of Christ. So it's as if, if, if he is alive because I've laid down my life in sacrifice, in response, for what Jesus has done, and he, and he can use my life for whatever he wants. It's no longer me who lives. It is Christ in me. What a devoted life. And a life which says to God and to everyone else, I'm all in on this Jesus thing. I want him, nothing else. It is only Jesus, that's it, period. Nothing else. It's what and how I'm going to live my life. And then Paul says here, even if I die, it's better. And here's where I think we call the psychiatrist. You know, Paul is 
talking about dying. But I, I, I mean, Paul, come on, you're, you're willing to die? Are, you're, are, you're okay with dying? I think we're actually supposed to be living, right? You're, you're okay with missing out on all this life? I, but I really, as we dive into this and think about it, I don't think Paul is suicidal at all. And just as a heads up, I don't think Paul is saying that this Christian life isn't worth living either. But what we can think about is Paul is saying that if I live, it's full of Jesus. And if I die, I go to meet Jesus. What could be better? Either way, it's full of Jesus. One in which he is living here on this earth, and one in which I get to meet my Savior in the person. And so that is the best description that I can give as being a disciple. And the only way that we are going to go into the world teaching people and discipling them, because really that's the end goal we're shooting for as we teach people. We're teaching them to be a disciple. I think that's what Jesus wants us to go and make. It's to live that disciple life, one which is making disciples who make disciples. And I think one of the first steps that we make in our life is in that disciple life is actually to be baptized. And that's what Pastor Norb is going to come up and talk about now, is that life there. So according to the verses that we're looking at this morning, this work of God that we have the privilege of joining him, this uh, mission is of making disciples of all nations. So Pastor Quinn has now looked at the phrase, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. Pastor Adam, in a moment, will look at the word go. But I want to just take a few minutes about the, to talk about the phrase, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So if you're keeping notes this morning, we are focusing on these three words, teaching, baptizing, and going. You see, we come to know Jesus personally when we walk in relationship or as we grow in that relationship. As the Apostle Paul puts it, we we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a lifelong journey of learning and growing. The Christian life is often illustrated as a journey, as a walk. And as we walk, we experience all that life has to offer, all of the ups and downs. And through it all, Jesus walks with us. Our relationship with Jesus grows as we experience his love and his care. We talk to him and we learn to listen to him. Our decisions are influenced as we seek to align our lives, our actions, our words with the way that Jesus taught and lived. In short... We follow Jesus, and when we do, we are his disciples. And as his disciples, we practice various spiritual disciplines so that we're continually learning and bringing our lives in alignment with his. We pray, we read the Bible, we study the Bible, we memorize scripture, we spend time in silence and in solitude. Inevitably, we see areas, or or better yet, the, the Holy Spirit points out to us Areas of our lives that are not in alignment with the way that Jesus lived. And so then we practice confession and repentance. And we turn from walking in our ways to following the ways of Jesus. And we might even keep a journal where we record these encounters with Jesus and his word. And this daily life that we're walking out, we record it. And we almost keep a diary of of the way that we're living this out. We engage in these practices because we want to know the heart of Jesus so that we can follow him. He walks with us 
and we walk with him. He leads, we follow. Simply put, we walk in obedience. And one of the first steps after coming to faith in Jesus, after coming to know him personally, is to be baptized. In the Great Commission, Jesus told his disciples to make disciples of all nations by baptizing them. Disciples of Jesus Christ are baptized. Jesus was baptized. He set the example. He showed the pathway for his followers then to follow. I'm going to say this this morning perhaps more directly than I ever have. Because maybe I've been a little soft on this. But if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, a follower of the way and life of Jesus, and you have not been baptized, you are being disobedient. The first step, maybe for you as you think about the fall, then is for you to be baptized. We'd love to talk to you about that. Talk to us after the service. Put a note in the friendship book. Email us. We'd love to walk that out with you. But there are so many reasons why this is so important. Because baptism is the way that you publicly identify with the person and work of Jesus Christ. You essentially identify with his death and his resurrection. And so baptism becomes this external expression of a new internalized faith. It symbolizes dying to ourselves and dying to the ways of the world. And then being raised to new life in Jesus and living out this baptized life. It makes this statement loud and clear. It says, I am under new management and the life I live is no longer my own. It is fully surrendered to Jesus and his ways. And so we, through baptism, make the decision to live this incarnational life, to be the hands and feet of Jesus as a disciple of Jesus. And so while we come to know Jesus personally and individually, and we walk with him and he walks with us, we also do this, we walk with Jesus in the company of others. That is, that we walk out our faith in the context of community. It is in community where we experience the joy and power of relationship. It is tough, if not impossible, to survive as a lone ranger as in the Christian life. We all need other sojourners to help us walk with Jesus. We all need to discover and experience true, authentic community. Larry Crabb writes in the foreword to Randy Frazee's book, The Connecting Church, he writes this. He says, community matters. That's about like saying oxygen matters. As our lungs require air, so our souls require what only community provides. We are designed by our Trinitarian God, who is himself a group of three persons in profound relationship with each other, to live in relationship. Without it, we die. It's that simple. Without a community where we know, explore, discover, and touch one another, we experience isolation and despair that drive us in wrong directions that corrupt our efforts to live meaningfully and to love well. That is so well put. We need each other, bottom line. And it's in this context of community where we walk out and live out all of the one another commands of the Bible. Because on our own, it would be absolutely impossible to love one another or pray for one another or honor one another, to encourage one another, to confess sins to one another, accept one another, 
right? You get the point. It just goes on and on. Speak truthfully to one another. Forgive one another. Who would we forgive if we're not in relationship with others? Teach one another. Greet one another. Admonish one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Carry burdens of one another and to stir up one another. Bottom line is we can't walk with Jesus alone. We need others to walk with. And so if you aren't already, you need to find a group to connect with. And you're going to hear this morning later about several different groups, small groups. Our primary uh, vehicle of, of small groups, we call them home groups. Homes open for ministry and encouragement. That's what, what they're for. And so in community, we're disciples of Jesus, who are making disciples as we walk with Jesus in the company of others. We come to know Jesus, we continue to grow in our understanding and knowledge of who he is, and we walk that out in relationship with him. And with others, we intentionally then share Jesus with those with whom we have a relationship with. So as we come to know Jesus, and as we walk with him, inevitably we will begin sharing him. And being people who share Jesus is yet another way that we believe we can join in the work that Jesus is doing here at TCC. And when I say share Jesus, I'm not sure about you, but the word evangelism immediately comes to my mind. And this word evangelism often turns my stomach, if I'm honest. I picture myself walking up to strangers on street corners and asking them pointed questions. My first convert, or maybe I should call him my first victim, was a, a boy in my grade two class. He was Jewish, and I told him that he'd go to hell if he didn't believe in Jesus. His parents were not pleased. I've had many awkward stories, many awkward encounters with people trying to share my faith. What about you? What emotions surface when I say the word evangelism? Is it joy and excitement, or is it fear? And hesitation. Perhaps you, like me, have stories of failed attempts at evangelism, tripping over words trying to share the gospel, feeling lost to really figure out and put into words what the gospel even is. Our text this morning is the Great Commission. Norb and Quinn have already pointed various truths out, and they've left me with the initial phrase of the commission, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus' commission begins with this simple instruction. The first part of the instruction is go. A simple two-letter word. And in the Great Commission, I believe that the word go tells us that in all that, inf- that follows it, that we have to be intentional. We use the word go quite often with one another when we're trying to get out the door. We yell things out like, let's go! When we say this... We're instructing someone to take action. We're telling people that they need to be intentional. So too, Jesus is standing before his disciples, instructing them, go. Not saying if you feel like it or if you remember. No, he says, go, make disciples. Make disciples. A definition of disciple from a Bible dictionary reads, Discipleship is the process of devoting oneself to a teacher to learn and become more like him. In the New Testament, we read that John the Baptist had disciples, that the Pharisees had disciples, and yes, of course, Jesus had his disciples. These were men devoted to becoming like their teacher. 
Jesus was instructing his disciples to go and share with others in such a way that those they were sharing with would desire to learn from and become like Jesus. And this is the mark of being a Christian. It's being a disciple. Being one who desires to learn from and become more like Jesus. So Jesus is instructing us, you, me, to join in the work he is doing by us intentionally leading others to him. Leading to others, others to him in such a way that others come to devote themselves to Jesus and desire to become more like him. We share him so that others too may know Jesus and walk with Jesus. This is what we are called to do in this passage. Now you're thinking to yourself that I have just reinforced all of your anxiety and fear about sharing Jesus. Are you telling me that I have to intentionally engage in leading others to see Jesus as someone that they trust their lives with and desire to follow? Yes, I am telling you that. And it's not me, it's Jesus. But I want to give us a quick framework for this. Two short points on what it looks like to share Jesus. First, we share Jesus by representing Jesus. Do you know that you who have a relationship with Jesus are the hands and feet of Jesus? His Spirit indwells you. The Spirit indwells all of us, empowering our lives and making us more like Him. We, the church, are Jesus in this world. We share Jesus with others as we live out His ministry in our everyday context. Sometimes this is seeing others around us in the way that Jesus would have seen them. And listening to others as Jesus would have listened. To mourn with those who mourn, whether they are Christian or not. To carry burdens. To be a friend. Very simply, we share Jesus when we intentionally go in the context of our homes and workplaces and put an effort into being the hands and feet of Jesus. Asking that cliche question of what would Jesus do? How would Jesus love and serve in this situation? In this way, we also minister to one another in this very room. We minister to those who already know Jesus as we we share Jesus with those who already know, as we offer comfort and love in flesh and blood to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We just gave opportunity to share Jesus at the Friday at the Park event. As a church, we desire to put on events like this to give us all an opportunity to go and share Jesus and to be Jesus in our community. Secondly, we share Jesus by telling others about Jesus. When Jesus instructed the disciples to go, there was no doubt that these 11 disciples had something to say to people about what Jesus meant for them and had done for them. They had come to know Jesus. They had been walking with Jesus. And it's from this position and this place that the disciples went and shared about him. And so it should be with us. The Apostle Peter, when writing to a group of churches, recognizes that as Christians go about representing Jesus, knowing Jesus, walking with Jesus in their day-to-day context, that people are going to take notice. And Peter encourages the churches in chapter 3, verse 15, saying, Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do so out of gentleness and respect. Peter here instructs us that we need to use our words. We need to use our words. He's saying, tell them about Jesus. 
When you live a life of knowing Jesus and walking with Jesus, you will look different than the world around you. People are going to ask questions. And when they do, you and I have an amazing opportunity to tell them about Jesus, the life we have in Him, the joy that we have in Him. And in addition to sharing when asked, the Apostle Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, when he writes, How then will they, who, those who don't know Jesus, call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Paul's questions remind us that we are not only to share Jesus when asked, but that we need to be moved with compassion to open our mouths and tell people about Jesus. This is perhaps the part of evangelism that can make us squirm. Here, though, we must not forget the knowing and the walking with Jesus. Because as we know Jesus, as we walk with Him, we listen to Him. Perhaps Jesus will whisper to you. Perhaps He will lay someone on your heart. And in listening to Jesus, you'll get a nudge to ask someone a question that might lead to an amazing opportunity. What I'm getting at here is that we do not share Jesus apart from Jesus or without the help and leading of Him. But in all of this, we have to go. We have to be intentional. It is the prayer of myself and our staff at the TCC that this community of believers would be one that shares Jesus that this community would be one that recognizes that wherever they go, they have a unique opportunity to be the hands and the feet of Jesus and to be a community that is confident to open their mouths and share with others the reason for the hope that is in them, the good news of Jesus. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Norb and Quinn. So our mission statement... Knowing Jesus, walking with Jesus, sharing Jesus, teaching, knowing Jesus. Uh, do you know him? Have you got stuck along the way somewhere? Do you, do you need to refresh yourself in something this fall that will help you to know him better, move you forward in a rich and meaningful experience with him? Maybe it's the Hearing God Seminar that will just help you to know him better. Baptism, a sign of walking with him. Are you walking with him? Have you followed the Lord in the waters of baptism? Are you part of a small group somewhere, a home group, that, that anchors you and encourages you? I hope you are. Then going, listening to the heart of God as he instructs us to go and to be the people of God in the world. Sometimes it's, as Pastor Adam has said, it's it's just representing Jesus. It's not words. It's just being there. And other times it's use your words. As a teacher would say in a classroom, now use your words. We need to use our words. What do you need to equip you uh, in, with the joy of sharing Jesus on your journey? <clears throat> so we know that's our mission. That's why we exist. And that's our desire this fall that we, we grow in all of these areas. Uh, we want to know Jesus a little bit better this fall. We pray that there will be people uh, who will step across the line of faith this fall. We pray that there will be many who will come to a faith in Jesus Christ and really know Jesus. We want to walk with Jesus this fall. We want to grow closer to him. We want to experience his love and his presence and who he is in our lives. And then we want to share Jesus this fall. God has planted us just in the very right places for us to be the people of God. 
and our balance, uh, our, our sharing will be balanced by our words and our actions, because it takes both as we represent Jesus in our world. Do you have some people around you, I know you do, that need your love, that need your encouragement, that need your presence sharing Jesus? So what are some of the important steps of growth that you want to take this fall? You're going to hear in just a few moments some of the areas where we're going to be involved as we hear people representing the various ministries of TCC. And, uh, but right now, I'd like us to stand, pray together. Uh, the worship team is going to come, and uh, then we're going to move to the next area of our, of our program. Father, we're honored this morning uh, to join you in your work. I guess that we just want to say thank you for the privilege, all of us, for being part of what you're doing in the world. Uh, give us real sensitive eyes and ears to, to know what you're doing and to come alongside and to be part of that as the body of Christ here at TCC. Lord, we pray for this fall that uh, we would get to know you better, that we experience your love and your grace. We pray that you would minister to us as we walk with you from day to day. Uh, hearing your heart and trusting you for the challenges. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to faithfully share your love and be your faithful presence in the world today. So I pray that you would guide each family here as we establish priorities and direction for this fall. Give us wisdom uh, to make decisions that will really bless you. For we pray in Jesus' name.